0: Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo.
1: Hey, Board Game, it's BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 113. Had to make sure I had the mic on for a second. Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show Dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, we've got Eric Alvarado from Talon Strike Studios. He's the designer of vinyl. Hey, it's back on Kickstarter. And we're going to be talking about some of the, the fancy stuff that's going on and a little bit about a new game that he's designed and some new content. Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Check out some of our other fine members like Draft Mechanic. They're back. They had a great podcast this week. Jake and Daniel Bach have a podcast about beer and board games and anything they can do to tie those things together. So Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Hit us up on social media, on Twitter, or on Facebook, on facebook.com slash and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat group. and enough, Blather, here's our special guest, Eric Alvarado. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, BJ, how are you? I am doing fantastic. Eric, for those who have not met you, I got to meet you once at Gen Con a long time ago, but for people who have not met you, Give us the elevator pitch, Eric. It's your first time on the show. Who is Eric Alvarado?
0: So Eric Alvarado, me, obviously. Uh, I am currently the uh, co-owner for Town Strike stu- Studios, uh, designer of vinyl. Uh, I've been gaming for pretty much all my life. Uh, I have uh, participated in judging with Cardboard Edison and Board Game Design Lab and more. most recently Board Game Design Workshop. Uh, I am a father of two sons. Uh, by day, I work as an IT director at St. John's University, uh, also a adjunct professor there teaching uh, data analytics and also uh, computer technology, uh, as well as a, actually just finished up my, master, my second master's and going back for a certificate in graphic design, so try and keep busy in that regard.
1: Wow, the name father also a professor in the, in that New York City area, somewhere close to Montreal. I don't remember the exact of the town, but uh, that is nice. Eric we've got some education here on the show. That is great, <laughs> Eric. You've been a long time board me. I got a I got a picture right there of me and my son and my my son's friend Matthew. Once someone put us together, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't remember who it was, but someone put us together. You were demoing a game. You were doing some play testing of a game that we're going to talk about later. That was at Gen Con, and when I posted the picture up today, someone said, "Oh wow, are people public gaming again?" <laughs> Eric, how much do you miss going to those conventions and being able to see your friends and play games?
0: Breaks our heart. Breaks our heart. I mean, yeah, it was one of those things I started to take my uh, my 11 year old son to, uh, and started to get him at Vox. So he got at that age. Uh, that, by the way, do you know what year that's from? Actually, I look it up.
1: Uh, 2016.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God, I've seen that. I was like, wow, look at that. That was <laughs> a long time ago. It's like dog years here. Um, But yeah, no, uh, so so I definitely miss it. We, you know, I was signed up to do, uh, I was supposed to go down to uh, Proto Atlanta. I was going to go out to Origins, Gen Con, PAX Unplugged, uh, BGG, WashiCon. I mean, I try to get around it, wow. it just just kills me well I do that because one it's great for networking uh, talent strikes is basically now making con presence uh, but I really enjoy the designer speed dating time um, where I get to sit down and I'll you know listen to a designer's pitch I'll, I'll work with them uh, like for some for instance I remember sub several times where a designer was just off kilter I pause the, the session I'm like okay relax calm down. You want to, you want to line up like this because you want desires to be successful. And I know what's been like be on the other side. So uh, I, I try to do as much as I can to give back where, where possible. So yeah, definitely. It's a
1: live show and tover's checking in and says, was that Gen Con 50? That was not. Tover, this is my first Gen Con back in 2016. Jack was just a high school student back then. Now he's a, you know, a Marine taking off uh, for another active duty. And one of his friends, this was uh, Philip and I's first ever Gen Con. Eric, that was not your first Gen Con, I'm assuming, right?
0: No, no. I think um, maybe third or fourth, uh, uh, to be honest with you. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, these Gen Cons are getting huge. I mean, <laughs> I think that was probably my first time I got to do the, uh, whatchamacallit, the True Dungeon, which-, which Oh, is- I've never done it. Oh, it, it blew my mind.
1: Uh, immediately hooked. Uh, I've heard no, so many good things about True Dungeon. Oh yeah, you're immersed in this world, and and it's just it's
0: just amazing how they do it. They do an awesome job of that. Uh, definitely, definitely, yeah, check it
1: out. Lots of people checking in. Thomas says, "Hey, hello, everyone." Thomas usually the first one to check in. At Thomas, and you got it tonight. There, nicely done. Verl will be on the show later on, uh, or hopefully, be on the show later on. Um. I know she's liking to do some cooking, so we'll have to see that. I didn't know we have a mutual friend, Eric. Do you know Jay Bell? He says I didn't realize Eric was coming on tonight. I'm playtesting testing with him on Thursday.
0: That's right. That's oh. right. Actually, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I met I met uh, Jay uh, through Facebook, uh, uh, and you know he's uh, play testing his game. I'm going to give him some some uh, feedback and 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 props and whatnot. But yeah, definitely, uh, I, I know Jay. Uh, actually, got- I think I remember Jay. Uh, we met actually probably multiple months back. Uh, you know, he was looking for some information, if I regard, recall correctly. And, you know, it's, you know, again, trying to help the designers is critical.
1: Love to give back to the designers. That's great, man. That's fantastic. Thomas says he used to live in the Stony Brook era, uh, area. Is that anywhere near New York?
0: That is from from me. It's about uh, 45, 50 minutes. Uh, technically, everything in New York is, I mean, I, I'm probably, I think, by my, my, my mileage, I'm eight miles Uh, On a busy day, it's two-hour ride. On a light day, it's probably 45 minutes. So, you know, it's it's New York time.
1: Mm. So Thomas says, online cons are just not the same. We're planning one. Southern Board Game Fest got got canceled or postponed to next year. And we're planning an online one. I did attend PortalCon. Eric, have you taken advantage of any of the online
0: cons? Uh, yeah, we just did uh, ProtoSpiel. That was probably the first major one, and we are actually demoing, uh, participating in Gen Con this yeah. weekend. Uh, we're actually demoing um, our Vinyl, uh, Jukebox, uh, Big Band, Camp Pine Top, and Shadow Network. Yeah. Camp Pine Top is arriving and fulfilling in August, uh, street date of September. And Shadow Network is launching in October. And obviously, the other two vinyl boxes are, are on Kickstarter now.
1: We, we were lucky enough to have Stephen Davis, right? Stephen yes. Davis? Yeah, Stephen was on the show last year sometimes to do Camp Pine Top. We hit it off right away. We were both in the Scouts. And, uh, you know, so we had a lot of fun chatting about that. There's someone named Jason Washburn checking in. What is Jason doing on <laughs> the show? Hey, Jason. <laughs> thanks for sending us... Uh, for sending this vinyl uh, jukebox, and we'll be talking about that later on in the show. So thank you, thank you for watching. That's fun. Yeah, we we had a uh, we had a good time playing uh, Camp Pine Top. I just I love the theme, scout little animal scouts out there in the woods trying to earn merit badges.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's. I I met I met Stephen at um, it was an unpub, and I sat down. And actually, it's interesting. I was uh, uh, Stephen actually submitted his game to Cardboard S and. At least four years prior, and I remember judging his game, uh, and I, with all the games I judged, I try to give as much detail as possible. But every time he was running a demo for every unpub after that, I would try to sit down at his game just to see how far I was coming along. And the uh, this last unpub, uh, the it was just it was to a point where it's like I said, okay, I, I really we really need to sign this in. It was such a great pleasure to work with him. Such a great pleasure, and. The, so you were on the, the development game, of the game? Yeah, actually, I worked with him on the development side. Uh, he did all the artwork, uh, and just to see that game blossom to what it is not right now, it is—it's deceiving, and that's—that's that's one of the interesting things I have to warn. It's deceiving that box and all that kitty art and all that. But when you play it with your kids, okay, it works. But then it's one of those games I remember playing. My wife and the kids are a bit okay. Let's break out. Let's let's get it's on.
1: <laughs> That's how we played. We played. <laughs> you went after each other during the thing. You know, the, there's a little bit of player interactivity in it with some of the some of the powers. If I remember right, like if you right. get certain cards, it gives you special powers. It's been a while since I played the game, but I do remember right, that. Right. It's right, definitely yeah. got multi levels on there. It sneaks up on you.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: What, what, what's the stage of camp on top right now?
0: It's actually on a boat. It should be, uh, arriving, uh, to fun again, uh, either next week or the week after, uh, fulfilling right after that. And uh street date should be sometime in September. So, uh, yeah, no, we're really happy about it. And, and the components that we got are, are excellent. Uh, again, a lot, one of the things we do with the uh, town strikes, we try to pack a lot of game in small boxes uh and, and usually when people open it up, I mean, even with Winterborne, you know, people open up like, oh my God, look at all this game in this really tight box. Uh and and yeah, it's 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 a really, really nice, nice. Yeah,
1: league. the Camp Pine Top box that Jason sent me must have been about this big, but there was a right. lot of game in there. Now I didn't see Winterborne. We had um we had uh, Brian on the show and we talked about it, but I don't think I've played it yet. Uh, so is, where is that? Is that already out? Is that been? Yeah,
0: in fact, we're, we're almost sold out with that one. We, uh, we, we that went out was a very successful. Uh, you know, hit point sales wound up uh, helping us with distribution. There uh, went into retail, and it's been doing really well. Very like, game. Our
1: gumbo on Gumbo HQ loves Brian Surrey. We love oh, him and yeah. his designs. Um, you know, the the two fishing games are. We're all big fans of that. Merchants of the Dark Road. Big fan of that. Uh, Jason Dinger has played Winterborne. He loves uh, Winterborne. So we're big fans of Brian Surrey. That is a designer to keep an eye on. Everything oh, yeah, yeah. He's he, just, he thinks outside of the box, man. He's putting all this stuff together, and yet it works smoothly, and it works thematically. You know, yes. freshwater fly and cold water crown, all the mechanics that you do, they really feel like something you would do while you're fishing, you know?
0: Right, right. Casting yeah.
1: out your line, trying yeah. to yeah. set the hook, you know?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We, we would, uh, um, for, for the past few cons, we would, we would all hang out, uh, Brian, Jason, myself, uh, Jason Hancock. And he, uh, you know, Brian is just one of those guys, it is, he cracks me up. I mean, he, we would be, he would just say something. It's just out of the blue, and you're just howling, like, holy cow, that's hilarious. Just some of the sayings that he comes up with is amazing. Excellent designer, excellent guy.
1: Good guy. BJ Morgan Gumbo. I've got my guest here, Eric Alvarado from Talent Strikes Games. We're talking about some of the spicy hot games that we've played. And one of the games, I, you know, Steve knows I love these kind of games, and you got to play Disney's Villainous. And I'm while you're talking about it, I'm going to bring out my Disney water bottle so we can we can get in the mood about talking about <laughs> Villainous. So, hey, first off, tell the story. How did Villainous get introduced? What, how did you get hooked on it?
0: Yeah, you know, so uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm a big Disney person, and uh, you know, with with Disney Villains, I wound up getting a box, a big box, and uh, being a collector of games, I collected everything that came out, or chased it down Target, and then, you know, with with us being locked down, uh, I finally broke it out. said okay to my wife and my eleven year old, let's let's give this a whirl, and for literally the past three or four days, it's been nonstop Villains. I mean. You know, I think I tried, uh, let's see, I've done the evil queen. I've done, uh, the, there uh, she is. uh, the, the, yeah, exactly. I've done that. The, uh, the guy, the, uh, the voodoo doctor, uh, from, from Frog Prince. Doctor um, Thank you. Thank you. I do not want to butcher that name on. <laughs> um, so, so it, it's just,
1: from, uh, the princess and the frog with Tiana. So, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. I love that movie. The music. Great movie. Is just Great movie. Awesome. Um, but yeah, we we've been playing it often, and and the family loves it. And I'm certain, as much as I don't like to play games multiple times back to back, this is one of those I'm not denying them any any uh, any uh, denial on that one. So, oh, I
1: think um, I think this is Doctor Facilier right here.
0: That's right. That's right. All uh, trying right. to make loose back is that Queen of Hearts back there? Uh, that is Captain Hook. Captain Hook, that's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got the big flip, but it does look like the Queen. You, it looks a little bit like the Queen of Hearts because they both have that same shape, right? Yeah. Right, Doctor, I mean, he's, he's a tricky one. That is that's a little bit more advanced. Uh, you, you have to get the timing right when you're trying to get, I forget what it is, some kind of artifact with the city of New Orleans or something,
0: right? Like that. The totem, you had to get that totem, or, or, yeah, I tell you what, uh, between that one, um, Let's see, who's the, uh, Cruella, that's another tough one, trying to get... I the
1: love the bugs. Dalmatians one. Oh, I love the Cruella. Oh. Now, it's, it's a little bit of push your, not push your luck, but it's a little bit of random when you're trying to flip over the Dalmatian tiles, whether they're the 100 right. or the 200. Oh, yeah, that's, that is a fun one. I do like Cruella Deville. And it looks pretty good on the table. I think I've got, oh, there she is. Right there is. The we're, we're hitting them right. There's yeah, those, there is. Uh, Yeah, in
0: fact... A
1: special target version of it. Yeah, that's...
0: Yes, that is, actually, because that's, uh... Who is in it? That's that's Corolla. That is uh Pete. Um, and I forgot
1: the third one that's it's in the, the lady part. from Tangled, the mom. Oh, yes, yeah. Mother Gothel. Yeah,
0: Gotham. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, look, name Father Verla. We, he and I could talk Disney all night. I've got I've got my compadre right here. We can talk Disney all night. So Jay Bell, I have a I have a um I've got a bone to pick. Yeah. He says he's excited about the tr- to try the Marvel expansion. I've seen Every Marvel movie that comes out. I'm not a comic book guy. I Haven't really read comic books since I was a kid, but but I love Marvel movies. Uh, you know, but I'm not excited about the Marvel expansion. I don't know why they're just they're just not juicing me up. What about you, Eric?
0: I'm actually intrigued. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm actually intrigued to give it a whirl. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I've seen every every Marvel uh, movie. Uh, it's interesting who they selected, but but I, I'd be curious, especially now we're playing all the uh, playing villains. If so I could slide that in and be able to grease the wheels on that, on
1: that Appearth game. I've heard that are not compatible and maybe that's why I'm not that excited. If they were compatible, I yeah. might be a little bit, but you know, I think you got to be a really, I think you have to be a comic book fan to get excited about the comic book villains. Sort of like Disney fans get excited about the Disney villains, right? Right. Right. So that makes sense. right. And since I don't really read the comic books, I'm not going to know a lot of the backstories. Whereas, I'm sure you're the same way. Whenever, you know, whenever Tovar says he's playing Radigan, you're looking at the cards and it's bringing back memories of the movies, right? It's bringing back You know, they really did a good job of making the cards and the actions and the artwork very, very thematic. And I'm the same way, Tovar. I want to try a new character deck every time we play. We're constantly rotating. But I will say this about villains. As much as I like the game, and I do, I like it a lot. I don't like it with anything more than three people. I think it's a two or three person game. I've I've played it four and five, and Eric, what about you?
0: No, it's true. It's one of those things that bogs down uh because there's just so much going on. You're trying to read the cards if you're not familiar with the character, you are trying to understand it. Uh you'll you know, even with uh, uh Dr. Facilier, yeah, I was like, okay, what is I supposed to do here? And that bogs the turnout, but yeah, two or three is probably optimal. Three, I think, is interesting because you know, it's really up to the player. Do I want to mess with this person or that person? And you get that you get that A B type of selection, which you don't get in a in a two
1: player. But that so. alliance has never hold. You're you and someone <laughs> are teaming up against uh, DeVille, and then as soon as you knock her down enough, all of a sudden you're the target, right? So you, oh, have, to, yeah. you have to be very yeah. careful. All right, so so rank them. You sounds like you have played a lot of the characters. Uh, where do you rank them? What's your top three? You know, no, actually, Verla you know says six and eight people. No, no. That's an abomination, Verla. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so go ahead. What were you going to say?
0: Uh, actually, I would say I actually enjoyed playing Evil Queen. That was actually interesting. And even actually Mother Gothel, that was a bit of a puzzle. Uh, I certainly didn't win. My, for some reason, my son just, just murdering us on, on that game. Um, but those two, I, I actually did enjoy. Um I wasn't a big fan of Dr. Facilier and also what was the other one I had trouble with? Um uh, it was the uh the king um from Robin Hood. Oh goodness gracious, why am I drawing Prince blanks? Prince yes, John king Prince John. Prince simple,
1: okay. Yeah, it's Prince John's kinda of boring. You gotta get to twenty right. and you're the one that everyone beats up on because exactly. everybody else it's kinda of hard to see. Okay, how, how close are they really to winning, Prince John? You just oh wow, he's got a giant pile of coins. Okay, we got we got to knock on him for a while. So yeah, Prince John's maybe the my least fun, although it's maybe one of the easier ones to play. It's just one of the least ones. I think the hardest one for me is Hades. I find oh yeah, I, I I've never seen Hades win. At least I don't remember. I, Hades Hades is just really tough to play. Yeah,
0: yeah I told you. In fact, we played Saturday two games and I did Hades, I'm just like, are you kidding me? I, 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 There's no way for me to even make second, let alone first. Uh, it was tough.
1: I think I love the new set. Mother Gothel uh, is just just a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, I, really, I really like playing uh, Mother Gothel. I think that's a fun one. Um, yeah. Topher said, Prince John, it's too easy to assume he's winning even when he's not. That's right. And it just... You get you get a little bit of you get a little beat up and you get a little people with the the red butt syndrome after after Prince John gets knocked around too much so that's a family yes, game that you guys have been playing at home here in the in the COVID crisis uh, so you're getting a lot of playing time like topher said switching around the different characters
0: yes yes indeed actually it's uh' Let's see. I think we were probably about seven plays. So yeah, in fact, you jog my memory. I remember playing Hades. But yeah, we're just rotating the characters. I think at one point my wife just wanted to stay with uh, Cruella. She just insisted that she at least do better with the, with her, with them and uh, with her. Excuse me. And then finally said, "Okay, I'm comfortable with that." And she moved on to Captain Hook. So yeah, we're we're rotating through the characters. It's it's a blast. It really is.
1: BJ from Morgan Gumbo, I've got my guest here, Eric Alvarado from Talent Strikes Games. We've got sort of a music theme episode here on Gumbo Live. He talked about one of his spicy hot games, a game uh, called Villainous. And I want to talk about a game called Ragnarok. Ragnarok Star, uh, an interesting title to say the least, a Viking game where – and Eric, we've seen how many Viking games? You've got a huge collection. How many Viking games do you <laughs> oh, own? yeah. So it's not the traditional Viking game you're thinking. It's Vikings putting on a metal concert to try to win as many fans as they can and be the biggest hard rock band in Valhalla. Now, that's not a theme you have in your collection, right?
0: No, not at all. It's an interesting fuse. I remember seeing that come out. I was like, wow, look at that. That's crazy.
1: Now I'll tell you this, unlike the villainous pictures that we had shown, this is a prototype, so this is this is a production copy, but uh, not not a full, just one of these uh, prototype top copies, not the final artwork. If you check out the Kickstarter page, you'll see some of the stuff, but I like already what what I've seen so far. The guitar of course is going to be where you score all the points, right? So you're climbing up the frets, not a bad idea. Uh, they've got Lots of puns. I mean, if you're going to do a, a game with heavy metal bands or hard rock bands, you're going to have, you know, lots of puns like Red Zeppelin instead of Led Zeppelin. So it's a French company. Uh, so I was able to get a translated copy of the rules. And uh, it's two friends. They're, I think, school teachers. And they've decided to start producing games. And And here's their pitch. They're going to make games heavy, heavy on the theme, but still attractive to family weight gamers. Sure. There's a lot of games with tons of theme that are all in that 335 way up there, you know, mechanically pretty tough. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for the traditional Euro that's gonna be in the ones or twos, you know, like a ticket to ride, maybe, maybe a little bit more than a ticket to ride. And the pitch here in this game is that they've taken what is basically a family-friendly game and added programming. And I remember when I was writing the review, I was trying to think how many easy gateway family-friendly programming games there are there are a few I didn't think of some but some people came back to me on Twitter Eric any any easy to play programming games out there if you were trying to teach somebody about programming someone threw cult Express out not a not a bad oh, choice
0: that's true. that's true yeah yeah because I mean Valley yeah, that's that's the one that usually jumps to my mind. Yeah, you know, Robo Rally, Twin Tin robots, but um, but again, those are those are up there, and you can easily get thrown for a looper. Um, well, yeah, that's
1: what tough. you're missing. So you got then. You, I think what makes it easy, as opposed to Robo Rally, where you, where people have to think spatially and they're programming all of their um, you know all of the different cards and then you got to deal with with the not entries i forgot what it's called but uh you know when, when they're when you got to put the tokens down and it locks out some of your cards there's a lot going on and a lot to think of this one it's all on a chart it's a dry erase board and you basically program your actions my first action i'm gonna try to pick up a viking meeple my second action <clears throat> i'm gonna move my boat to a different part of the board My third action i'm going to try to pick up more Viking meeples and all all these meeples are crowd people and the more people you get in your in your concert the more points you're going to score right and then there's a little bit of take that where you can try to steal uh, meeples from another person or try to sneak a look at what crowd members are going to be coming in on the next one so as you can see there's only three choices for each one they're all nice and color coded and it's very simple the board is well laid out It's very easy to see exactly what you're doing. Each one, a different section of the board is where the meeples are going to be. And you can look right away and see there's blue meeples and orange meeples. Okay, I got to check off orange meeples or blue meeples on my sheet. So I think that if you like family weight games, if that's the kind of games you like to play, um, and your game group is okay with that, this is a good programming game with pretty cool art with an interesting theme. And it makes you know, look, it look it actually looks pretty cool. At the table, table person, so, yeah. Before, yeah, and remember this is an early copy, it's not a final version or anything like that. This is just a pre-production copy. So the or I mean a prototype copy. The four corners of the board are where all of the meeples are gonna come out, and so you're gonna be sitting now. The boats are never gonna be in the middle like that. That was just me setting up the game. <clears throat> you're gonna you're gonna move your boats around there. The tricky part, the player interaction comes in. If you see there's little icebergs there, there's one all the way at the bottom of the screen. Then there's one in the top left of the screen. Those are either bridges to connect the two lands so you don't have to move your boat, or they either lock you in or keep you out from a certain section. So again, you're having a little bit of player interaction. I know that Eric needs a bunch of orange meeples this round. I'm going to put an ice block there to try to stop him from going. So it's got a little player interaction. It's got an easy rule set. It's got programming that's not too overwhelming and it's gonna, I think it's going to have a good table presence. So that's Ragnarok Star. It's out on Kickstarter for a couple of more days. Uh, lots of lots of visual puns, lots of music references that people are going to see, and an easy-to-teach game. What do you
0: think? Ragnarok Star. That looks good.
1: Not bad at all. BJ More Board Game Gumbo. Got my guest here, Eric Alvarado, and we are talking all about the games. He's got a big collection, but one of the things he does – for Talent Strike Studios, you go out and find games and help develop games. Is that right?
0: Yeah, actually a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, so my primary role is in game development. Uh, I go out, uh, I meet with designers, uh, and then go through, listen to pitches, and then try to set up uh, uh, times where we actually evaluate games, and then you know, and then work with uh, those designers we sign and, and bring their game to to life. I and mean, that's uh, I, I definitely enjoy that process, especially when. You go from concept all the way out to the table, and you're just staring at the table you're like, wow, that's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my primary role.
1: Well, way back at uh, Gen Con 2016, I got a, a fun demo from you of a game that you had designed, hadn't been out with a publisher yet. It was a game you were still working on, vinyl. And when we were talking there playing the game, I found out you're a big music fan. You, you like music a lot. And I started thinking, you know, you like games and you like music, Eric, right? I do. So if you, what would be that perfect foursome tonight? And I was thinking, maybe I could give you a little quiz. You know, I know you like pandemic, right? I do. <laughs> pandemic with Julius Caesar, right? Uh-huh. Or vinyl jukebox two players with Billy Joel.
0: <laughs> you know, Billy you Joel's my, Billy Joel's my. Favorite, favorite.
1: I may have done my homework, Eric. I may have done my homework. Yeah, I know you like Billy Joel. I know you like Pandemic, so I'm putting you on the spot. You can only keep one of those two games to play with this matchup. All right. Chat Crew, what do you think he's going to pick? I think I know which one he's going to pick, but I'm curious to hear you t- think it out, Eric.
0: So it's between, so wait a, second, wait a second, just to make sure I'm clear, it's between Jukebox and Pandemic with Billy Joel and, or, or the uh, music versus, okay, so between those two games, huh?
1: Yeah, you're playing box with Billy Joel, or you got to give up that game, and you got to play Pandemic, Fall of Rome with Julius Caesar.
0: Oh, that's a no-brainer. Oh, goodness gracious. Now I'm clear. Shall, shall I answer or wait till we see what the audience says?
1: Well, t- well t- talk us through what, you know, you don't have oh, to give us the answer yet. Talk us through what, what's your, what's your thought process?
0: There? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, so pandemic is, is one of my favorite games. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I got to meet uh, Matt Leacock at, um, let's see, that would been a, that would have been an unpub. That was an unpub in Hunt Valley, uh, Maryland. And I got to sit and have breakfast, breakfast with him, with uh, Suzanne Zinsley, uh, ask questions. It was such a pleasure. Uh, anytime a pandemic goes out, gets out, I pretty much throw my money behind it. Um, mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I I am a definitely, definitely a big fanboy there in that sense. Um, however, curveball. Uh, so uh, Billy Joel, uh, his song uh, um, uh, "This Is the Time" was played at my prom. Uh, it was uh, "Just the Way You Are" was at my wedding. Sure. Um, I actually so when my my sister graduated from Southampton University over here in Long Island and he was the guest speaker. Uh, and actually in Oyster Bay, I've seen him on his motorcycle at least twice. Okay. And I've gone to oh, eight of his shows. So so yeah, it's it's um yeah.
1: I did my homework, man, father. I did my homework. <laughs> Jason uh, says, You're gonna go with Billy Joel, right? <clears throat> Uh, I mean just on Billy Joel alone, but uh, you know jukeboxes is, is uh, turned
0: out to be a very interesting design and it's one of those that I, I actually enjoy breakouts and table quite often. And don't get me wrong, I love Fall of Rome and anything pandemic, but it's probably gonna be jukebox Billy Joel yes. I,
1: I figured that. BJF Morgan go! I've got my guest here, Eric Alvarado. We're talking music theme games and a game that's out on Kickstarter right now. Along with the host of other vinyl paraphernalia, it's Vinyl Jukebox, a new two-player game from Eric Alvarado. Eric, give us the elevator pitch. What is Jukebox all about?
0: Sure. So basically with Jukebox, you are actually constructing your own personal Jukebox. Uh, you are uh, basically drawing uh, these coins uh, that have the different properties of the 45s. In that picture, you actually see coins with uh, country, with rock, uh, 60s and such, and you're draw, drawing those coins out of a bag. And what you're trying to do is place those coins in either the top or bottom slot with the goal of trying to match 45s there in the center of the table. When you uh, acquire 45, you put it into your uh, personal jukebox and spend those coins and move them down, down into the coin box um, with the ultimate goal of trying to create a three by three grid of, of 45s. Um, now, interesting enough for the game, there's two methods of scoring. There's a public-based scoring, where you actually, there you go, where you're actually trying to uh, align uh, the scoring tokens to each of the rows or columns uh, based on what you've been able to collect and what's out there. So there's a head-to-head competition for getting those public scoring tiles. Uh, and then in addition to the public scoring, you have your own private goal, which is giving you points on uh, specifically where uh, 45s are located, as well as um, how well you've done with regards to collecting a specific decade, a specific side, or both. Uh, the that's is the,
1: that's the little blue cards there at the bottom.
0: Correct, yes, yes. They'll have a uh, representation of the 3 by 3 uh, grid. They can be oriented however you want, uh, and you'll get additional points for uh, getting specific genres in key locations and then, like I was mentioning, uh, decades and sides accordingly. Um, again, the uh, it is a two-player game. That's one of the things that was requested uh, uh, multiple multiple times. You know, Vinyl's a solid game at two players, but there's a lot to set up and whatnot. And people just want to break it out at, at Starbucks, have fun, pick it up and go. Um, so so um, Jukebox was born and, and and I always had this concept of goodness gracious, is there something to do with, with Jukebox and quarters? And it just hit me in a blinding flash of white light and lo and behold, you know, uh, jukebox, jukebox was born. And actually came together pretty darn fast it was it was it was it was just a joy to see this one come to fruition
1: what's cool about vinyl i've played okay now i played the early version of the original vinyl and then i've played vinyl jukebox and what i was amazed is that vinyl jukebox the two-player game it really has the feeling of what you were doing in the vinyl you know in in the regular game and yet it's a unique twist on it you know it really is it uh, I, I can't wait to see because, you you know, Talent Strikes is known for how, how graphically, you you know, you beautify these games. I can't t- wait to see what you're going to do with those player boards. I'm imagining in my mind, you know, it's going to really have the elements of our classic ju- joint juke boxes And, you know, it have got the little coin slot at the pl- at the top for the next play. So I can't wait to see what, you, what are y'all are planning to do. With but how did that how did you do that where you take this big four player game and just. Is it four or five? The original vinyl. Uh,
0: it could go two to five, and actually one to five. Won the five with the So up to five, yes.
1: And how did you distill that down to a two-player game? What, what were you tr- What were you trying to do?
0: You know, I think the the big piece was uh, it, it's funny because the uh, picture that you had of of Gen Con, you know, the concept really focused in on the set collection. And then yeah. when I signed with Talon, you know, we we wound up building out. Building the theme out with respect to, hey, you are the person using the knowledge from magazine cards to collect albums. And it became this massive, awesome experience that, you know, each of the different iterations of vinyl twist up the mechanisms just enough to instill a lot of the theme. When it came to Jukebox, I wanted to go back to the original roots. I'm like, okay, can I go the opposite direction? Can I lighten the you still have the set collection aspect, but just lighten that that uh, that feel and you know uh, probably uh, in you know March April timeframe playing a lot uh, uh, quacks uh, and and the notion of okay pulling tokens out of a bag that was interesting you know I have uh, you know Altobiano I have New Orleans you know so all these games I'm like my goodness gracious can 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 we do this with with vinyl and it like I said it just hit me it's like okay wait a second here. Yeah. Tokens are quarters. Quarters carry the properties. Okay, I could put them into slots. Oh, wait a second, I got the slots that then could drop in a coin box. Oh, wait a second, I can do this next play thing and I'm pulling out and then the stacking and it just was clap, blah, 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 And it's just you just in those instances, I've learned just to ride the wave, do not fight it, just go with it. And and that's really what, what it came to
1: be. And it really it really does feel smooth. And it's got a little bit of that you know, bag building. And that's one of the things that I liked about it, uh, but not permanently. You're grabbing those bonus uh, coins or tokens, putting them in your bags un- with the understanding that when you use them, they're going back into the bonuses. But still, I can look through the bonuses and say, oh, I can really use that combo 60s and cowboy together and chain up those things. Because after after playing it, uh, you know, the two or three times we played it, we've really noticed that Working on that objective is the is the way to score some points, especially in comparison to filling out the three by three grid. You know, obviously, oh, yeah. you got to get that three by three grid. Which yeah. whichever player is not really working on that three by three grid, you know, it, the the public object, the private objectives aren't going to get met either. So you right. got to you got to stay. It's almost like a race. You and your other your partner are almost racing each other to try to get those cards.
0: Right. Well, it's interesting. I, I mean, I've played it numerous times since Inception. It's one of those things that when players first play it, they're like, okay, well, I'm just willy-nilly collecting uh, 45s. And then, then after they then they lose, they go, wait a second, what just happened here? <laughs> then they're like, okay, wait a second, wait a second. I got to pay attention to these scores. Because I've seen situations where someone goes for three rock, and they're all happy, I got three rock, and three rock is not there. Why isn't three rock there? Well, I told you, at the beginning of the game, <laughs> One of the three scoring tokens is taken out per tagger. I didn't know that. Well, it's right there. It, the right dialogue there. is hilarious when you're when you're playing with the game,
1: and then you've got to pay attention. And we've been rotating it, so each game has been different. Sometimes there's a three and a one. Sometimes there's a two and a one. So you're you're all cheering, and then you realize, oh, I got the three and the only you know only the two is available, or your partner takes it right before you. I did have a question when you're sliding those coins. So let's say you take the three coins off and you grab something from the middle. Do you – this is the way we were doing it. We were sliding the coins back to the correct. left. Okay, I just want to make sure we were doing it right. And then the other, right? the other question I had for you that just wasn't clear to me from a, from the two or three plays we had, the black diamonds represent a little bit of player interaction between the other person. If I push my luck and keep pulling those coins out, hey, I've got a great chance to either set up a 45 this round, you know, to grab one this round or to set up one for next round. But if I go into the black diamonds – I'm giving what I assume the theory behind is that I'm giving my partner a free pull from the coins. Correct. That's
0: exactly it. That. And
1: exactly if it goes right. on the black diamonds, then it doesn't count, right?
0: Correct. If, they, if, okay. he, if your opponent puts on a black diamond, you just gave him a freebie. So it's one of those tension elements like, oh, do I push this? Oh, do I push this again? And that's where, you know, you could get people like, ah, I've got to help you. Actually, it's interesting because, again, one of the things with this game, it's all about the timing because I've seen people really drain their bag where they have maybe a pull, and the opponents, you know, they can ask, "Okay, how many tokens do you have in your bag?" Oh, I have one. Oh, okay, and they start programming their board, <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs>
1: and, and you're just, getting
0: nothing. Just like you just sit there, like, "Oh, crap!" Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: One more player in action, and then you also have a little bit more. Also, when when you get those scoring tokens on the side of your three by three grid, if ever you pull a token and you use that coin, and the coin matches up to one of those scoring grids, what happens?
0: So, so yeah, what happens is is that again, going with the notion of bag builder, uh, one of the things that in the version that you're playing, we have the rival token. So the notion is is that when you get when you're the first person to score a group. Uh, you actually dump a coin into your opponent's bag, so essentially it pollutes their bag. Uh, so if oh, they yeah. weren't looking for country, guess what? They just got country because that's what you're collecting. Uh, in that same vein, when it comes your turn, you can actually thin down your bag. So you have this ability to sort of shape your bag while also messing with your opponent's bag. In that same vein, so uh, again, it's that it's just ever so subtle. In the sense that it's increasing that player interaction and some detention and messing with the odds. It's not predictable what's in your back, uh as you progress in the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I think you would agree. It's that game that's like, okay, I'm just pulling tokens and that first turn, eh, it's okay. This is boring. And then when you hit that second one, you're like, Whoa, wait a second here.
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: you're get you're getting stuff. I don't like you getting stuff. I'm not lining things up, things aren't matching, this is getting nuts. Do I this way, that way. Yeah, it ramps up pretty darn fast
1: where, at that first turn. That's where I saw the influence of Orleon in it. Orleon. Let's face it, the first turn ish, even with Quacks, the first turn ish. There's not a lot that happens, and then as soon as you get to the second turn, you're like, oh wow, now I understand what's going on. Same thing with the uh, with Box. Maybe the first turn, you're really just. I'll tell you what I've done now with my first turn. I'm really trying to look at the the three by three grid. I mean, with the market, I can't remember how many in the market. Um, how many, how many cards do you have in the market? Oh, uh, it the two coins? Right
0: yeah. the coins are the scoring tokens.
1: No, the, the actual the actual market of, of oh, oh,
0: oh the market uh, three, three nine. yeah nine three nine total three, three. Yeah.
1: and I started looking at what I'm doing on that first turn now is I'm looking at the patterns and I love the way and I'm assuming this is gonna be in the final version. I at first I was like, Oh, there's so many icons, but the way that talent strikes designed them. It's really in little sections and you can quickly look at each section, know exactly, oh, I need 60s. Oh, that's where they line up. It becomes very intuitive after the first turn. Just takes it. Here's the other thing, Eric, that I like. One of the things I like about two-player games is I like a game like a Lost Cities or a Jiper where it's so interesting, but your partner did something better than you. And you're like, let's play again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This game, it takes a little bit to set up. Once you have it set up, it is unnatural to play again and again. You don't want to play it just once. You want to play it two or three times in a row because right. the game's already set up. You're just putting things back up. Yep. They're great. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it plays.
0: I've played uh jukebox a 20 minutes and get three games in. And yeah, it just, it, it flows. I mean, it's one of those pieces like, ah, wow, why did I mess this up? That's right. And again, it's that timing. It's looking for, when things are coming out and how people are reacting to it it's it's uh, it's got some interesting subtleties there yeah
1: that's vinyl jude box it's out on kickstarter right now two player game if you liked vinyl you're going to see a lot to like in vinyl jude box i actually eric i, I think it's a great two player game i mean this this is one that we've had a lot of fun you can play back to back to back like you said you can play two or three times an hour super easy what's a uh, kickstarter just started today is that right
0: yeah, no, it just launched today. Uh, we actually did, uh, so now the anthology is essentially six games deep. Uh, so you have the base game, the original g- uh, game. We redid the art, cover art on, on all the games. Uh, you see a sample there in Jukebox where the concept is, is you get that album uh, circle popping through the center of the, the box, uh, and, and and that's been, been well-received. Um, but, yeah, you have the, the base game. We read the, the art on Masters of Metal uh, for, for the cover. We did the art on British Invasion on, on Totally Awesome 80s. Uh, and then uh, Big Band was also released with, with Jukebox. So, technically, we got two games uh, that are being added into the mix. Uh, big Band focuses specifically on the 1940s, uh, where, yeah, just like the Big Band era, so you had swing and jazz were the hot genres, Uh, You are basically collecting uh, uh, albums in those particular uh, genres uh, with respect to instruments, uh, four core instruments, as well as uh, two speeds of records. And you are basically just trying to, uh, it's very, it's, it draws a lot of the simplicity that Masters of Metal and British Invasion does where you're just collecting on a genre. Um, But in order to retire your collection, you need one of each of the instruments, uh, and then whatever you retire with will dictate if it's if it's all matches you'll get the highest points. If there's not mm-hmm. many matches, and you'll get the, the lower points. And so you have to time that. Uh, the thing with big Ben, it's a little deceiving. Is it can tend to be a little aggressive. Unfortunately, I think I ramped up the player interaction probably way too high. Mm. Um, I, I've had some moments where people get you took that album that was my album and it's it's just it's one of those it's it's funny because i've had a lot of people say that was awesome that was definitely in your face awesome uh because with with vinyl it, it tends to be a little softer big band it, it's just out there here one shot one copy get it or don't um uh, so definitely and then obviously jukebox uh also uh was, was brought out today Ah, oh, there's eric <laughs>
1: Yeah, I don't think he was looking, so. <laughs> hey, we got a surprise guest here, Eric Buscemi. Eric, I didn't realize you and Eric know each other, and I'm talking to both Erics at the same time. Yeah, we uh, we live one one town away from
2: each other. We're one in the same around. local game group, yeah. Eric Alvarado, I think Eric Buscemi has also played vinyl jukebox. Is that right? Yes. That is, that is correct. I've pl- I've only played online, even th- even though he only lives one town away, you know, due to, you know. <laughs> the current state of on. things. We uh we played on Tabletopia.
1: Yeah, I've I've gotten a chance to play it. I, I just got it in, so I, I had to hurry up and get my plays in this weekend uh, before playing it. And I, I really like it. Uh, you know, Eric, as you know, I'm an excellent tactical two player game player. <laughs> no, Eric Alvarado Bashimi destroys me every time we play two player tactical games. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. Yeah. we played some, we played some <laughs> war
2: chest on uh on Yukata recently and yeah. Yeah, it
1: was uh, yeah. My my dinghy didn't survive his battleship in <laughs> War Chest at all. It was a it was
2: a destruction. He showed up to the battle with white flags. Exactly.
1: Now this might be a different story, Bushimi, though, because I'm I'm not too bad at pattern recognition. So all right, it may may be different. Those special powers in war chests. Oh man, he just destroys me. You know, I'm sitting there trying to learn all my cards and remember what I'm doing. And Bushimi's running around the board just picking off people. I think in the two games we played, I only got one of his tokens off the board. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so you played. I, I didn't want to steal your thunder, Bushimi. What, what did you think of a vinyl two player? I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I love any, I
2: mean, like I have a whole shelf uh, on in my collection that's just two player only games. Like all those, you know, small, smaller bot, like Targy Seven Wonders Duel. I recently got um, Imitep Duel, uh, Agricola, All Creatures, big and small. I, you know, I could list them all day, but I, I love that's like right in my wheelhouse. The half an hour two player versions of of other games, and this one fits fits right right into that. Now I enjoyed it online, but as a, I, 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 wish I remembered who said this because I really like I, I owe them a debt. But like playing online is like trying to play a board game wearing boxing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I mean, it probably, we, we played probably sub 40 minutes, but I feel like if, if it was on the table, we could have banged the game out in 20 minutes. It would have oh, been,
1: our plays are way under 30 minutes, 20, yeah. 25 minutes. Exactly. Like that. So, yeah. you know, you got, you got to factor in, you
2: know, like everything takes double online, which is, which is still okay with a 20 minute game. But when you get into a two hour game that all of a sudden, how it takes how four broad hours. Are
1: you? In fact, Alvarado, you got to watch out. This game kind of sneaks up on you. The end game comes quicker than you think. You know, people oh, yeah. people start getting that bag kind of tuned to what's on the board, and then boop, 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 they pop out the forty fives.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's 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 interesting. It's it's that gaming curve. If you're not watching the gaming curve, you will get crushed by the gaming curve.
1: All right, so that's Vinyl Jukebox. It is out on Kickstarter right now. Check out the link. Berla and Steve have tagged the link in the uh, in the show for the chat crew, but uh, the, it's just getting started. So you got plenty of time to check it check it out. And Berla's coming in. So Eric Alvarado, this is a board game show, and you know what we have to do on board game shows, right? We got to play a board game. <laughs> So Berla, Eric Bushimi, Eric Alvarado. We're Hello. gonna play. We're gonna play a game called the Envy Game. So I'm, I don't see Steve in the lobby. So I'll give. A, I'll give the quick description of it for it. He may have gotten bounced out on there. The Envy Game. It's a. It's a Cajun word. Um, what would you all use in New York City? Would it be uh, a hankering, right, Eric? Uh, okay. Use a, a hankering or or a jonesing, right? It's it's something you really want to do. And in this case, it's a board game. So Eric Alvarado's thought, Bushimi, of a board game that he really wants to play. It might be a game he owns. It might be a game uh, that he doesn't own, a game he always wanted to play with uh, with people he's always wanted to play it with. In this case, we're going to play roughly 20 questions with the chat crew, and we're going to try to guess what that game is. We all understand the rules? So, like, yep. we ask if it's bigger than a bread box? You can do that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to answer the questions and of course they're not it's not 20 questions it's not where words this is this is the envy game so Eric Alvarado the questions are going to be pretty free form but we'll try to uh, we'll try to limit those any questions about the game Steve's over there on the audio and he'll be throwing some of the questions from the chat crew too so the chat crew is going to be playing trying to guess what that game is Everybody here Steve No how about now, Steve? Say hello, Steve.
3: Yeah, hey. How about now? It was just counting me down: three, two, one. Oh, Can y'all hear, I hear him me now? All right. Hello, well. Verla, BJ, and Eric's. All
2: right. Let's. So, let's Alvarado, have you thought of a game?
0: I have. It's uh, probably uh, a game my wife and I actually uh, played uh, when we were first dating. Oh, so I'm um, going team. back to that. Brings oh, back yeah. memories. So it's not a game I always want to pull out, but
2: is it Stone it does
0: Age? Have no. I'm not that sure was, where we're going. That been, uh, I'll he's going to take you later. He's
2: going to hut. a, a family friendly show there, Bushini. <laughs> oh, that's not where I was going. I meant like, you know, back in the Stone Age when they were dating. Yeah. I that's <laughs> that, that's that, that y'all are that dirty. Too. Y'all are
1: dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Verla, I'm gonna let you take the first crack at it. Which what's what's your uh, what's your first question?
2: Is it an award-winning game?
1: Ooh, no. <laughs> Shimmy? Um,
2: is it bigger than a bread box?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh let's see. Yeah, no. All right,
2: so it's, it's not, not a big box game. It's and not it's not, it's,
3: for, and it's not it's fortunate not all, glory, Eric. It's not a
2: coffin boxer, yeah. <laughs> it's
3: not fortune glory. All right. Steve, you got a question for him? Uh well you said your wife you and your wife played it, so I don't know that it's necessarily just a two player game, but is it just a two player game? No.
1: Ooh. Okay. Is it competitive or cooperative?
0: Uh, I guess you could say a little bit of both. Hmm.
3: Cool. Oh, yeah. Jay was right there with that question, too. Yeah. Jay was thinking, Burla, you have one for him?
0: Does it play more than four people? It can. It can.
2: Shimmy? Does it have
1: meeples?
0: No.
3: Hmm.
0: Oh, meeples.
3: All right, Steve. You got one. Well, it plays more. Would you call it a party game?
0: <sighs> you can definitely have fun with it. It could be party classified. Yes.
3: Hmm. Kelly wants to know:
1: Does it have cards in the game?
0: Oh yes.
3: Hmm. a Lot. Not cards. just yes. Oh yes. Hmm. Um. Uh,
1: is it within the last three years? No, no, you played it a long time ago. That's right. All right. Let me take that back. Um, oh, does it play longer than 60 minutes? Or is it that one-hour wonder type game?
0: It could go, unfortunately, longer than it should.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is it that's cosmic? Not... No. That would be tough to play two players, though, right? Yeah,
0: That's true.
1: Yeah. Oh, Jay wants to know any dice, Alvarado. Any dice.
0: Yes, there are dice in there.
1: Yes. All right. Let's recap. We got a competitive cooperative game. It, uh, it did not come out in the last three years. It is uh, not what – did, what did you say, Bushimi? It's not a big box game. It's a no, it's sport. not a big box game and there are no meeples. That's all I got. No meeples. It
3: doesn't no, no have awards.
1: It's not an award winner.
2: Can um, play lots
3: of
1: people, can go long. Can play lots of people, but he plays a two-player. And it can overstay its welcome. Uh Thomas wants to know does it have expansions? Oh yes. Hmm. And it doesn't have
2: meeples? No? No meeples. No meeples. Eric, when did you get married? <laughs> well, I'll stay
0: here. That's a good question. Hang on. Now my wife's gonna kill me. Hopefully <laughs> she'll
1: right, uh, everybody turn off your monitors. Let him think. <laughs> I'm going to pause the pause the broadcast.
0: right, <laughs> uh, let's see here. I want to say it's 10-29-06, If I recall correctly.
1: Okay. Marshall wants to know: Is it a team based game? No. Man, he's throwing me off with the competitive cooperative thing. What
0: yeah. I mean, think, let me let me help you with the competitive cooperative. Yeah, yeah. One of those pieces where it, it's sort of like the negotiation. Hey, we're working in this together. Uh, Let's take this person down, but there's only one winner. So I want to clarify there's only one winner, but throughout the game, you are negotiating, cutting deals, don't hurt me, that
3: type of thing. That was what was making me think cosmic, maybe, because they're teaming up and attacking.
0: Yeah,
1: I was thinking, uh, I was thinking Betrayal House on a Hill, but that would not be the way he's describing it. You can't even play that with two. You can I guess you can't, huh? Oh, it's three Mm. to five. It's three to five? Oh, okay. I didn't realize you can't play it with two. Hmm. <laughs> what about? Uh, here's my question: Does it have a fantasy theme?
3: Good question.
0: So, so the game incorporates many different themes into it. So you know, fantasy, sci-fi, all different types of themes
1: in it. Is it Shadows of a Brinstone? No, is it a smash up. No, it's too,
2: he got married in 06.
3: Oh, that's true. Too fast. And back. it has dice. Oh, it does have dice. Yeah, You're right. It's dice.
2: Really. dice. Not dice. that I have any clue what this is, but it's not that.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> not, you know not that. It <laughs> <to say. laughs> wow, you've got the chat crew stumped. They're not even throwing any uh, guesses talking. out there. Wow, usually they've got a million guesses. Um,
3: Wow. Well, he probably, said he played it with his wife, but it doesn't necessarily mean he played it before they got married. They could have played it.
2: No, early he said on when there. they were first dating. Oh, you said that right, Eric? I'm not making. You said that
0: dating? Up. We were dating. Yeah, I mean, dating, you know, My we were bad. dating for a long My time. Bad. But it was—it's probably I give you the dates of probably 04, 04
2: 05, 06, <laughs> Oh 06. was this game <laughs> new at that point?
0: I mean, they they released releases at that point, but
2: yeah. It was still alive at that point, but it oh, wasn't. Yeah, there. yeah, no.
0: It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't something from the 70s or 80s, no. All my, right. wife, my, my wife would have not even bothered
1: marrying me at that point. Alvarado, please tell me Kelly Gina is incorrect. It's not Trivial Pursuit. Please tell me. No. Dear, dear God, please tell me. Okay, good.
0: You're off, no, but I mean, you it. guys may lose respect once I tell you this.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Okay, oh, I like it now. Um,
0: uh, is it by a European designer? I don't think so. Don't
2: think is the so designer even know. listed for this game, or is this like <laughs> a mass a market question. game? Yeah, is this a mass market game? <laughs> oh, good question.
0: No, question. it's not one you can get target. No, definitely not. Or or Walmart or whatever it was back in the day. Yeah.
2: Or there maybe like Toys R Us would have been the one back right. in
0: those Yeah, days. no, you, you would you have been
1: involved to go. In books.
0: Yeah, you have to go to hobby bookstore or hobby store to go get this
1: game. Are there minis? No minis. Are there standees?
0: No standees either.
3: Mm-hmm. Feels uh, like all of the different themes, like when you say all the different themes, that's gotta be something that can help us there.
1: That's the hint there, Bushimi. <laughs> Bunch of different themes, also that's why I was thinking Shadows over Brimstone. You know, lots of different themes together, throwing chunking dice. Is no there more at all?
0: That's no what
1: board. I was gonna ask. No board at all. So we're yeah. talking a card-based
0: game. Card-based game. Wow. So, so just say it's a card game. Um, it's obviously it's got dice in there. We, we, we detailed that. Uh you know, it, it encapsulates different types of themes in in the game. Uh, you did have you did at the time have to go to a hobby store or a, a, a friendly game store to go get it. Um, there are expansions. That that I know for God's sakes.
1: Is it Magic um, the Gathering?
0: No, 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 no. The dice are in there.
1: Magic the Gathering has dice. No, uh, yeah, uh, like No, we were using the. We were using. Yeah. Is,
0: oh, it, boy,
3: yeah. is it Munchkin? No, no, but Munchkin, has a, Munchkin, Munchkin has a board. Munchkin Deluxe has a board, but it, but Munchkin itself doesn't. Is it Munchkin?
0: Not quite. Getting there. Ooh.
3: Um, is it a Steve Jackson game? No, not Steve Jackson. Like munchkin doesn't have dice either though munchkin does have a die does
0: it
3: as one yeah, die
0: tracking, but it's not munchkin but it's it's along that sort of same if you if you go into the game store back then you'd have munchkin and this game would probably be somewhere right
3: okay okay
0: in that
1: arena it's not okay. cutthroat caverns i
3: was about to say
1: cutthroat caverns myself
3: That's another thought um, yeah, that's a yeah, good but that's line. that's really a
1: fantasy theme. That is fantasy. So it's not a mixture. That's the tick. That's the ticket, Bushimi. It's it's a
3: Munchkin style. In other words, when all you of the expansions could be all the different styles. Right, right. right. Yeah. Oh, that's that. We're getting close now. Okay. Are we? What game? <laughs> <laughs> anybody who's thinking of going to Eric Alvarado's site on on BGG to kind of oh, scroll he through? has like a Tag five thousand game collection. Of good luck. Lunch. <laughs> Yeah, we were. We were. Is it a
1: smirk and dagger game? We that's where we were thinking it's cut so their head. but Marshall, that's really just fantasy. Yeah,
0: I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I, I it's uh, I'm trying to remember. It, no, it's not a smirk and dagger because I'm trying to remember the logo. Um, and it was colorful logo if I recall correctly.
1: Oh that, man, that, that, it's killing me. All right, I'm, I'm going to little wars in Baton Rouge and I'm and I'm. And I'm, I see all the Munchkin pile, and I'm trying to think, what's the other game that they're going to have a
2: million? Is it, is it
1: from Cheap Ass Games? That no,
2: thing that rings no. my bell from back I, in that day. Uh, I
0: remember mm-hmm. Cheap Ass was in the same arena, and that's,
2: that's
1: why I'm throwing like, it out there.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. It was on that same shelf, typically.
1: This is what I was trying to think of: Flux or one yeah. of those type of games.
0: No, but Jay, it's a one twi- again. If I am not mistaken, this game was probably either above
3: oh, or right. <laughs> the <left> of
1: Flux. <laughs> oh man! What, what, is, what is it that has tons of expansions besides Munchkin and Flux? Of course, Monopoly, but it's, it, it wouldn't be in the hobby stores.
3: Is it is it still getting expansions, or is it pretty much a dead end street?
0: I don't. I haven't. I haven't tracked this in a while. I think it's. I think it ran It's, course. <laughs> it's, almost, it's not <laughs> obviously well. Dragon. But it, it
2: wasn't a collectible game. It it wasn't a collectible model.
0: No, no. Each okay. each box had sort of thiny story thing to it, but you could take all the boxes and merge it into this ginormous freaking deck of hell. So mm. well, you wow. guys are
1: really, I think I think dancing start. around it. I was thinking of the dice uh, dice masters, but it's, that's not it because yeah. that would be just dice based. Oh man. Berla, what do you think? I'm Bushimmy, so,
2: would, I'm here. I I got I got I got nothing.
0: So so I'll give you a hint. The boxes came in colors. They were released in colors. So there'd be a uh, a red edition, a green edition, a camouflage edition was one of them, a white edition. Five hour uh, energy. The base, the base set was blue. Um i the try and to think, there was orange
1: in there. Is it five hour energy?
0: <laughs> nope, nope.
1: I need to camouflage when oh, it's like sour apple. It's so good. It's so tasty. Uh,
3: yeah, Thomas, that's throwing me.
1: It's not gloom, Thomas, because gloom doesn't come in all the different uh, colors. Uh, <laughs> love letter, love letter, that came out much and, later. Uh, and does it have role playing elements? no no wrong playing I I'm tapped out man. I, I think I think Alvarado stumped us he's got a good one here
0: anybody
1: else who else stepped out anybody I got nothing
3: I'm hitting the wall here you got any magical clue that's gonna make us slap our faces
2: I pretty gave us the color of the boxes I mean if we can't color get the boxes on that, but
3: I mean if, you know
2: I feel like if we knew what it was that would have jogged the memory Oh, there. I, I feel like that the moment he says point.
3: that we're gonna hit ourselves in the faces collectively.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Alvarado. Well, yeah, that, I'm like, what the hell is that?
2: Um, yeah, I'm so, getting ready
1: to Google the name of this is what I'm getting ready for. <laughs> uh, you gave up? I'm stumped. I, I'm going to declare Alvarado us. the winner. Alvarado, you win the Envy game. What you got?
0: So it's Killer Bunnies and the Quest for the Magical Carrot. Yeah, that I've is, never
1: played that. By the way, that is a cheap-ass game. You were, is you it? were right on it. Yeah, Killer Bunnies, cheap-ass games. Yep, I nicely see. done. But Jimmy, you were close. You were close. We were
3: getting there, but I don't think we were ever officially arriving.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought of Killer Bunnies ever, but but Bashimi was close because if you went to those game stores that time period, well, that's what he said.
2: once he said it was next to Steve Jackson, but it wasn't Steve Jackson. I was like, it's it's
1: got to be Doctor Lucky and you know Killer Bunnies and all those, all, those games.
3: Ernest, yeah.
1: all owned yep. by Greater Than Games now. Yeah, they they bought the they bought the license to them. Yeah, I didn't well played. It was a- Alvarado, is Alvarado it's, checking it's, on me?
0: It's, it's an ultra-pro game. Is yeah, it's ultra-pro. Yeah, that's why I was like, Steve Jackson, I don't recall that. And actually, I think it's still out there, for God's sakes. Oh, their geez, site looks like game. Yeah, their site is still, I think they got pulled by ultra-pro. Huh.
1: Well, I am wrong. It is not a cheap-ass game. Nope. And he yes. said it, He's right. It's still being sold.
0: That's a shocker. Yeah. Well, but yeah, wow. so... So we played that as two player, and and, and frankly, it's one of those things that's hilarious. You're basically trying to kill, you're trying to get bunnies and carrots, and and really, you're trying to keep your bunnies alive with the carrots. And then whoever had the magical carrot won. It was literally you spend hours, and all you did was roll a (laughs) die to see or, or, or have a carrot and see what the bottom card was. But just the interactions drew up a lot of stories and memories. We had friends over. It was one of those things that my wife still to this day mentions, and, and we will probably break it out for our kids at some point.
1: Pegasus Spiel so have- published it for a while. Would you believe that? Pegasus Spiel. Mm. That is a shocker. Well, that is the envy game, and wow, Alvarado, you got us on that one. Yeah.
2: Well, well, played, well played,
1: sir. That was well played. That was well yeah. played. That was fantastic. You totally stumped us on that one. All right. So, uh, you got anything to say? What people want to check you out? Where do they find you on? Uh, (laughs) out on Twitter or Facebook. Right
2: now, they can find me tweeting about you're how I'm trying red. to put together a 3D printer, which is taking forever, and I took a drink break, so I'm sure it's going to get better from here.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't realize but when we were talking in the green room that uh, the you two know each other, so I thought it would be fun for you to come in and, and help us.
2: Yeah, yeah. Try- well, for,
1: for all the good that's it. You know you're going to have to bring Killer Bunnies to one of
2: our game nights now.
0: Uh, and I know you're going to lose lots of respect for me when I do it. So
1: <laughs> He's assuming we have any. I don't... Would- (laughs) all right but i'm going to send you and verla back down and i'm going to close out the show then good night
3: good night
1: all right eric that was a that was a really good on you got us you got a stump there i'll tell you i i I could even see the big display in my in my head over at at, uh, the local game store there in baton rouge when i was in college but uh that was a good one you got us on that one that was fantastic nice that's you know you need to get a copy your big anniversary, and then you can play it and say, look, honey, they still make the game and this is the new version. <laughs>
0: she Try would to absolutely love it. All
1: right, that's the uh, on game. Eric Alvarado was our big winner. Brought to you by Game Toppers LLC. Make your game nights a showstopper, Eric, when you play on a Game Topper. And that's how you play the RV. All right, Board Gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumbo Live. I want to thank my guest Eric Colorado from Talent Strikes Games out there with Vinyl, Vinyl Jukebox out on Kickstarter right now. Eric, if they have any questions about Talent Strikes Games or about the Kickstarter project, how can they reach you?
0: Uh, yeah, they can actually just go to our website, uh, talentstrikes.games or talentstrikes.com, uh, and we have a contact form. Uh, they can email me at eric at talentstrikes.games.com. Uh, talentstrikes.games. Uh, and very responsive, and glad to take questions and such.
1: Make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com/boardgamegumbo. It helps us to get the word out about all of our upcoming guests and shows, including another trip to New York City. We've got Dr. Steve Finn coming in to talk about some of his latest uh, games that will be coming out on Kickstarter. Eric, I am BJ from Board Game Gumbo, and until next time, laissez les bons temps Thanks for listening. Gumbo
0: Live is produced by B.J. Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at BoardGameGumbo.com. Do you like an imperial stout with your favorite heavy euro? How about a New England IPA with the latest thematic treasure? I'm Jake. And I'm Danielle. And Draft Mechanic is the podcast about board games, craft beer, and anything we can do to tie the two together. We've got reviews of hobby board games, the 411 on craft beer styles, news, and history. And every episode, we put a different game on tap so you know exactly what brews to reach for when you pull it off the shelf. So sit back, relax, grab a pint, and we'll see you back here
1: every other Monday and at draftmechanic.net
2: for another round.